0: everyone, it's uh, Woody Valley here just to let you know why I supported Priority One Elijah pays me $60 to do so yeah, i got a dry sense of humour but seriously now, the reason why I support them in their fundraising for Vegas is to be a part of the community that isn't there due to distance and expenses as it gives an opportunity for the Priority One cast to enjoy the experience and be able to be with the fellow friends as well as making new ones so hope to see you there in two years time for i'm planning to be there myself later guys
1: hi captains this is ben churchill the reason i support priority one is simple i get so much information content and entertainment from them wouldn't it be great to get some of that directly from the star trek las vegas convention i reckon so tell your friends and your fleet mates it's got to be done support priority one
2: this is Lord Christopher Robert Keane, also known as King Dingaling and Mr. Wuhe and to others. I am Fantastic. That's why I donated to Priority One Podcast's Away Mission to Las Vegas. Are you as fantastic as I am? It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Come on, donate some Wonga. It's a worthy cause for a worthy show. Let's make it so.
3: Hi, this is Jamie Moran, and I support Priority One Podcasts because of the excellent interviews and news from Star Trek, Star Trek Online, and the greater sci-fi community. Keep up the good work, everyone.
2: Greetings, Priority One listeners. Matt Miracle here to tell you some of the reasons why I support Priority One Podcast. They have great dev interviews in-depth conversations dealing with stolen sci-fi subjects, the very talented and entertaining host, and of course, the hilarious blooper reel at the end of every show. So if you have any spare change available, please go to their webpage and make a donation to their Star Trek Las Vegas Indiegogo project. Thank you very much, Priority One. Live long and boldly go where no one has
4: gone. Hi, this is Al Rivera, lead designer of Star Trek Online, And I support Priority One Podcasts because, simply put, they represent you, the players. Every week, they put together an amazing show with their own time and money because of a passion for the show and the game. Every Monday morning, Star Trek Online developers, like myself, tune in to the latest show and listen to honest and thoughtful opinions and community feedback about the latest happenings in Star Trek Online. I can honestly say their work has had a direct impact on Star Trek Online which has improved your gaming experience. Last year at the Las Vegas Star Trek convention, Priority One, along with Trek Radio and other podcast leaders, not only brought you live coverage of the show, along with developer and celebrity interviews, they also broadcast the game live for everyone at the convention to see this game we all know and love. It was an impressive showing I will never forget, and I am very grateful. So please, take a moment to invest in their IndieGoGo campaign so they can return once again to the Las Vegas Star Trek convention. Party One is offering some once-in-a-lifetime rewards for top campaign backers, like Star Trek Online box games and posters signed by the Star Trek Online team, and the highly desirable Legacy of Romulus t-shirt, which until recently was only available to STO developers. Thank you for your support, and live long and prosper.
3: Bandwidth for Priority One Podcast is brought to you by Glaya Escondida. Ever dreamed of visiting planet Risa? Well, Playa Escondida is the ultimate beach resort excursion. Visit PlayaEscondida.com to book your ultimate vacation getaway.
2: Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel.
3: Hello Captains, you're listening to episode 181 of Priority One Podcast, the premier Star Trek online podcast, recorded Thursday, July 3rd, 2014, live on trekradio.net and available for download or streaming as of Monday, July 7th, 2014 at priorityonepodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Jace.
5: And I'm Cookie.
3: And in the recording booth is our audio engineer, Skiffy. Hello, everyone. All right, Cookie, what do we have in store this week?
5: Captains, we go around the web this week and check out what's been trending in Star Trek, including an official TNG Season 8 mockumentary and a new skit from Robot Chicken. In STO news, the crafting convo continues with a couple of new dev blogs, tweets, and forum posts from Cryptic. In this week's community spotlight, we're joined again by Tommy Craft, creator of Star Trek Horizon, ...to give us an update on the progression of the independent film project that involves the Iconians.
0: Captains, this week, learn about tabletop role-playing games or RPGs with a new Observer's Log from Candace Zanzinger. Check out this blog and others only on PriorityOnePodcast.com.
3: Captains, by the time you listen to this episode, we will be into the third week of our Indiegogo campaign... ...to help fund our coverage of this year's Star Trek convention in Las Vegas... And thanks to your amazing support, we've already raised over 70% of our base minimum goal, which will get at least one of us there.
5: But Captains, imagine how much of the convention we could cover if all three of us were there. While Elijah is reporting live with Trek Radio at the vendor hall, Jason and I could be walking around the convention interviewing Star Trek notables, cosplayers, and reporting the latest from panels throughout the weekend. Together, we could have hundreds of pictures, countless tweets, several videos and interviews, and much more.
0: And since so many of you are fans of Star Trek Online, we've got swag the likes of which you won't find anywhere else. For instance, by donating $75, you can get your hands on a limited print Star Trek Online poster in one of two flavors. Plus, you'll get a Priority One t-shirt, access to an invite-only Twitter feed and our special thanks on the show.
3: We say it every week, Captains. Without you, none of this would be possible. So visit PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash campaign and find out how you can support Priority One Podcast. And we thank the team at Cryptic and Perfect World Entertainment for their support.
0: Speaking of thanks, we owe a huge thanks to those who have already contributed.
3: That's right. A big thanks to Andrew
5: Arbrodovich, Matt Miracle, Solitude 552, Brendan Malone, Gray Fox James of STO Fleet Liberty Task Force. 18, BSSG, and A underscore Deluxe. Thank you for committing to supporting Priority One at this year's Star Trek Las Vegas convention. And please, if you haven't already, but are considering contributing, grab those epic rewards now before time runs out. I would very much like to see everyone at Vegas
3: stay up to date on our progress by keeping an eye on our social media platforms like facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast or on Twitter at sto priority one hey cookie let me ask you something yes so you've been to, you've been to several conventions hmm and you're actually the only one of us with an actual Star Trek uniform right
5: I think so I guess I don't know what you guys have
4: in
3: your closet wait <laughs> <laughs> So, how does that change your experience when you go to a Star Trek convention?
5: Well, I feel like a better person when I'm wearing it, because I'm a Starfleet officer, and, you know, I didn't know you are going to ask me this question, otherwise I would have written something out. <laughs> all
3: right. Well, alright, so let me, let me ask you this. Do people stop you when you're in the, the costume to take pictures and stuff?
5: Yes. There are a lot of Star Trek fans, especially, I mean, I'm assuming everybody's going to be a Star Trek fan. In the con in Vegas, but the cons in Dallas, there's a a nice niche of people that recognize exactly who I am, supposed to be, Beverly Crusher, and they're like, wow, that looks amazing, and they take pictures, and, but I like wearing the uniform because I feel like I'm part of Starfleet, and that in itself is an awesome feeling, so even if nobody took pictures or whatever, it's still fun to wear a costume, I mean, a uniform.
3: You know, <laughs> and that's one of the. Re- I've been dying to get a uniform. I really have. I just have. I never pulled the trigger, but earlier this week I did order it. I ordered that Star Trek Online inspired uniform from uh, from Cosplay Sky to just have just in time for the convention this year. So, so captains, if you're going to the convention, you should really consider getting one too. I'd really love to get a group shot of all of us in cosplay attire. You're gonna love it. I'm hoping to. You're
5: gonna love wearing a uniform.
3: And I'm being honest when I say that. When I saw Cosplay Sky's tailored uniforms last year at STLV 2013, I was really envious of the guys wearing it. And it's hard to beat the price for the quality of the craftsmanship. It was a really, really good uniform jacket costume. It was just... I was really envious. So, Captains, if you're planning to be at Star Trek Las Vegas 2014 or Dragon Con later in October or New York City Comic Con, then suit up! And be sure to use promo code P1POD at checkout to save 10% off of your purchase. For more information, visit PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash CosplaySky and check out their entire catalog of costumes from Star Trek to Marvel to anime. They've got it all. So again, visit PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash CosplaySky and use promo code P, the number one, POD. Because you're out of uniform, officer. And we thank Cosplay Sky for their support of Priority One Podcast.
0: Well, captains, let's check out how Star Trek has been trending in the news this week. Join, I don't know. Then let's trek it out,
3: captains. If you keep your ear to the ground on Twitter, you may have been following at TNG underscore eight a satirical account that continues the story of the next generation into season 8. With over 85,000 followers and quadruple the retweets, according to StarTrek.com, the creator of the account, Mike McMahon, has been officially licensed to produce a mockumentary-style book-length episode guide to The Next Generation Season 8. The book will include illustrations from the likes of Jason Ho and... Joel Watson. It'll include plot descriptions, trivia, set photos behind the scenes, the whole nine yards. Here's an example of an episode plot that you'll find on the Twitter account. Riker infiltrates a saboteur cult in the neutral zone. Worf demands an honorable death when the crew learns his middle name is Ashley. Or a nymphomaniac worm controls Riker's mind and body. seduce the Enterprise's female crew. Nobody notices. It eventually dies of old age. (laughs) In any event, be sure to follow at TNG underscore S8 the number 8 for more episode plots and expect the paperback to hit shelves in March 2015.
0: That account is a riot. I've been aware of it for a while and this book is going to be an instant purchase for me. I cannot wait.
5: I've been following this um, account for a while and They don't spam you, so it's just every once in a while you get a little gem. Uh, One of my favorites is, the crew is flung back to Earth circa 2010, a post-ozone layer hellscape. They use advanced technology to disguise themselves with hats. (laughs) 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 Stupid stuff, but I love it.
3: Something else that's been trending in the Star Trek universe in the news is a robot chicken night crew skit. And it's been a while since I've watched Robot Chicken, but a new sketch has hit the interwebs like Brushfire, featuring Sir Patrick Stewart reprising his role as Captain Picard and Chris Pine, the night shift captain. Hilarity ensues when a borg cube arrives and the night crew must ward them off or make them party. So, uh, you know, Robot Chicken definitely has some adult humor that pushes a parody to its limits, but... It's always fun to see the actors have such good spirits about making fun of themselves. I gotta say, have you guys seen it?
5: Yes. <laughs> I don't want to do spoilers. You guys just
3: have to watch it. Uh, Chase, what about you?
0: Gosh, I'd say when I, I'd say when Picard comes back in and they do the throwback to Animal House, but then he just has him throw him a beer instead. What is it? Emergency power to party. Emergency power to party. It's timely. It's uh, it's relevant to Risa.
3: That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm.
0: So, for any of you who have ever wondered, who mans the bridge when the main cast is off-duty, you've got to check it out.
3: Discover
5: something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Send them over to us via incoming at priority one com.
3: Let's check out what happened in Star Trek Online News. Computer, status report. Status.
0: Incoming Message.
5: I'm only in the mood for good news today. The Star Trek Online Monthly Screenshot Contest, which started July 2nd and closes July 31st, will have two separate themes. Majestic Starships, a shot of your ship exploring the galaxy, and Captains in Action, a shot of your character in action on the ground or on the bridge of a ship or a space station, etc. Each theme will have its own first, second, and third place winners with various amounts of zen as the reward... Instructions and rules are outlined in the contest forum post. Links will be in the show notes.
3: Jace, you threw your hat in the ring here, right?
0: Yeah, I never had before, but I uh, I did post a screenshot this time around. Pretty happy with how it came up. What did you take a screenshot of? It is my Dreadnought Cruiser in the Dyson Sphere silhouetted against the sun at the center. You're going to throw your hat in the ring, Cookie?
5: Well, not for this one, but if there's ever one that um, has a more, more relaxed... Um, I want to do one in my swimsuit. Ah. I made a cotton candy themed outfit with my swimsuit, and I want to do that. So if there's ever one coming up that has that.
0: We could uh, maybe get you on the next Star Trek Online uh, calendar, like the one that uh, Reddit made.
5: Oh, yeah, that was so cute. I loved that calendar.
0: So in Season 9, dev blog 28, systems designer Adjudicator Hawk introduces players to the new items, traits, and powers that can only be accessed via the new crafting, aka research and development system. In the blog, he shows off one special item from each school, plus a bonus, a console each from science and engineering, including the revamped Aegis set. We have a note here I want to include from one of our listeners, Hall 85 make sure to mention that the old Aegis sets will be auto-upgraded to the new set once 9.5 goes live, just in case you guys missed that nugget. There seems to be some confusion about that, and I'm sure you guys will talk about it. So thanks for reminding us to make sure we get that tidbit in.
3: Where was this announcement? That's what I'm curious about. Like, how do wh- who said that that it will automatically get upgraded?
0: Uh, it was either adjudicator Hawk on the forums or it was Al on Twitter. Those have been the two sources of information that was not part of official dev blogs. So in the blog, we see the traits earned from level 15 in each school, some of which seem very desirable depending on your build, and finally examples of the new item mods unique to crafted gear of the blue, rare quality, and above. So what's the most appealing to you guys of the new traits, modifiers, items, what got you excited?
5: I like the engineering console, Conductive RCS Accelerator Mark 12. The very rare quality has um, 40% turn rate, which is close to the fleet RCS which gives turn rate and armor. But this gives turn rate and anytime you get a heal you get damage resistance for shields and the turn rate increases to 60%. Woo! Sorry, turning is very important to me, so I really like that. If I Why, wow, what are you flying? I'm I'm flying a Gemhadar heavy escort carrier. But um I'm just saying in general, turning is very important to me. If I can't turn the ship easily, the enjoyment level goes down drastically. So I liked this console. This looked cool to me.
3: For me, the wide arc anti-proton dual heavy cannons, that looks pretty sweet. Uh, Um, I thought that
0: would be right up your alley.
3: Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm curious if I can load four of these, though. Like, can I just recraft these, or is it one of these? Oh, no, look, you see, you cannot equip more than one of this item. Ah, that's horse... (laughs) (laughs) Why? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they introduced another
1: upgrade where you can lose another stat modifier... In order to ditch the limit one per
3: ship.
0: <laughs> Which modifier are we losing here? It's a third one. So you have a, uh, accuracy, damage, and then arc. And usually the fleet are two times accuracy, damage,
3: right? Uh, that sounds right, yeah. I would have preferred to be able to maybe load four of these in the front. But I guess not. I mean, the is set, that looks pretty handsome. I have to really compare it to, let's say, the Dyson joint command technology even some of the undine stuff because that's going to require some serious mathing. you see that f- plus 30 starship particle generator t- oh no that's a console <gasps> wow anybody that does gravity well that's going to be insane that console science exotic particle field exciter mark 12 but like the aegis deflector where is that here that's
0: Right above the Field Exciter. They're very defensive. The Aegis set is a very defensive set. That's really nice, actually. Hmm. They're very strongly themed.
3: For escorts, what I'm curious is if they're changing any of the set bonuses for the Aegis Technology Research.
0: Yes, if they have new set bonuses which haven't been announced yet, and I don't know that anyone's crafted them yet to be able to actually right-click and get info. But the, the set bonus 2, Energy Negation, and the set bonus 3, Energy Feedback Conductor are not the same ones. The old set bonuses are built right into the pieces now. Uh, so it's basically a straight-up upgrade from the old set.
3: Actually, Captains, make sure you craft your Aegis set now or have somebody craft it for you so that you'll have the automatic upgrade when uh, when Season 9.5 hits. Because if it is as defensive as they say, then you know this might be a good math segment for us to review the new age's technology in comparison with some of the other things that are out and available for captains. Command School segment. I'm sorry, Command School. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha, very nice.
5: I like that name.
3: In Season 9, DevBlog number 29, lead content designer Charles Gray offers an explanation to players as to why exploration clusters will be removed from the game with the release of Season 9.5. Ultimately, like Al discussed on Episode 179, Charles Gray explains that the exploration missions... Just weren't up to par with Star Trek Online's current content, and they wanted to keep new players away from it. And just think about it. You play the story arc, level 1 through 50, and then, when you go off to look for content, you're presented with these very antiquated missions that just don't hold a candle to some of the new content. So, yes, it sucks that we're losing our only, quote-unquote, explore, strange, new worlds aspect of this Star Trek game, but... Hopefully, this will make room for something new and invented. But to recap the blog, there will now be a nebulous cloud contact point where the entrance of the exploration cluster used to be. This object can be interacted with to trigger doff assignments you normally would have launched in the exploration cluster. Uh, for those of you that have a Tuffley freighter and Sulaban cell ship, it'll take you within sensor range of the interact. Accolades that previously tracked completing missions inside each exploration cluster will now track completion of duty officer assignments unique to those exploration clusters. With respect to the daily Dilithium, Charles Gray reports that they are looking at ways to add more Dilithium to rewards throughout the game with a focus on adding it to rewards for single-player content.
5: On the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode, Azurian Star writes, for me, the two reasons why I hate Cryptic removing them is... 1. They're getting rid of content, which they themselves stated that it was one of the three ways for a player to level up when STO launched. 2. The accolades. The thing is, we don't know what Cryptic is going to do. When they say they are temporarily pulling content, it ends up permanent. Just look at the DS9 fleet action, the Undine fleet action, and recently, Terror Dome. And what of content they initially promised, and they keep saying, it's coming, what's to say a revamped exploration wouldn't end up the same? If they keep pulling content, where is the variety? Where? What do you think, Elijah, Jace? Are we lacking variety in the game?
0: Well, I've always told friends interested in STO that what keeps me playing year after year is the variety of gameplay. I can fly around in space, I can beam down for away missions, I can do duty officers, I can play solo in a group really what MMO truly has multiple different styles of gameplay like our ground versus space. I know a lot of people don't like ground, still. Lord of the Rings Online has monster play but you don't get to fully customize your monster PC the way we can customize our ships, captains, bridge officers and the compositions of our crews. I think sometimes we're in a little bit of a bubble here and forget this or take it for granted. One of the strengths of Cryptic is how customizable your I would say character, but it's so much more than your character It's almost overwhelming for me how much I can do. Uh, don't get me wrong, I want even more. I believe the game can always improve, especially in the areas of true Trek feel in terms of exploration and diplomacy, which I think is why this is a hot button folks. They're very tough things to get right in a game.
3: You make a really good point that this MMO has... is essentially two games in one, a space game and a ground game. Uh, you mentioned Doffs, you mentioned Reputation System, but... I don't really have new missions to play right now, right? We have to wait when the featured episodes come out before we actually get some type of story-driven content. Other than that, everything ends up becoming a bit of a repetition. But here's the thing. It's no secret that I'm not a diehard fan of the Foundry, right? I'm not a Foundry aficionado. But this whole exploration thing could be a chance to capitalize on the creativity of the Foundry authors, like, what's holding Cryptic back from a monthly contest? You know, the top ten Foundry missions get ported over and injected into the exploration cluster. You know, the beta quadrant that we've been talking about, you know, where it's ferenginar and Beta Z. Or just, just, fine, let it be a cluster that you go to explore a strange new world, and it's a Foundry author's mission. You know, the top ten winners get a thousand zen, and their name gets credited during the mission, like it would be during a featured episode. I think that this is a really good opportunity to hear, to get the Foundry spotlighted again and woven into the fabric of what Star Trek Online is, to get that sense of seek out new life, new civilizations, explore strange new worlds. I really think that this could be that opportunity.
5: Yeah, I think the Foundry is a whole new world that can really satisfy this lack of variety, but we just have to go in there and check it out, which a lot of people don't. I've done a couple Foundry missions, and it's been great. So, And plus you get rewards too, so I like the Foundry.
3: I don't actively go into the Foundry, but there are Foundry missions that I've played that I still remember to this day because of its ingenuity. And I remember playing it, but I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the mission, but it, it was a very famous one, and it was one where you see the the shuttle on the outside of the port window, and it's just like emitting gas. There's just so much ingenuity in the Foundry that... I think that if Cryptic were to grab that and just say, all right, well, we're going to move it into and make this an actual mission where players can go play and earn XYZ and just create it and port it as if it were a Genesis mission that was being created on the fly, it would breathe new life into the Foundry and it would also inspire players to go into those clusters and play missions and explore
5: so there's our first community question for this week captains do you feel like azurian star in that sto is starting to lack variety especially when they're about to remove the exploration clusters let us know in the comment section for this episode or by replying to our post of this episode in the official star trek online forums
3: And sticking on the topic of crafting, Al Rivera was up late tweeting the other night about some of the changes players can expect on Dilithium costs for crafting. His first tweet says, Dilithium prices for R&D coming down on Tribble soon. Still not final prices, though, but a lot closer. Lots of other fixes and tuning, too. His second tweet, and these all happen like in Spitfire one after another, expect rep and fleet Dilithium gear prices to change. We are standardizing prices. Most rep prices will go down. And his third and final tweet, Some fleet gear will go down, but fleet weapons will probably go up. Overall, most prices will come
0: down. I will also add to that, he recently tweeted that after the discussion of rewards for people who had leveled the current crafting system... They came up with a little bit of a compromise and will be offering one of the Aegis Technologies duty officers which are required to craft Aegis gear to anyone who has maxed out the old system, which I think is pretty neat because it has a little bit of a story mode because if you remember the actual RP blog was that, hey, we're going to have to start over our research from scratch, guys. So that's why it's a whole new system, right? But folks who had invested heavily into the old system have the rep in a sense, not in the official reputation system sense, but in the in-game RP sense, that they've assigned us an Aegis Technologies duty officer to help us with the transition. I I like it.
3: Mm, I might go in and try to level up crafting in those few hours that he says it took.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, good luck, because material prices are skyrocketing.
5: As you probably know, the Star Trek Las Vegas 2014 convention is fast approaching. So, the Star Trek Online team is holding a contest to give away two general admission weekend tickets. All you have to do to enter is share the contest entry post on Facebook, along with the hashtag STOSTLV 2014Contest. Friday July 11th 2014 and the winner will be randomly selected
3: um, we couldn't have chosen a shorter hashtag
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah for a minute I thought it was that show from Adult Swim
3: <laughs> well captains if you are seriously thinking about going to the Star Trek Las Vegas 2014 convention this might be it so uh, give, it, give it a shot and hopefully with your support
0: we'll all see you there Okay, we had a big, triple patch notes release this week, just shortly before we started on the show tonight. Uh, I'm going to highlight three areas. First is the Odyssey and Bortoskiu costumes. The existing Odyssey and Bortoscu costumes are now called Odyssey Basics and Bortoscu Basics. That's been removed from the fleet tailor. It's now free of charge to all captains. Two new Odyssey uniform variants can now be purchased. Odyssey Tactical and Odyssey dress uniforms from the Fleet Tactical. Each of them is half as expensive as the old one. Three new KDF uniform variants can now be purchased at the Fleet Tailor for Klingon fleets that have unlocked it, Ceremonial, Guardian, and Operative. Each of these is a little less than one-third the cost of the original Basics uniform. Players that already owned the Fleet uniforms will get the appropriate new costume unlocks for their faction free of charge. Romulans still don't have their own. However, now Romulans can purchase a bridge officer-only version for a lesser price, which can be used on bridge officers from their allies' faction. Uh, also, veterans will get a long jacket version of their respective uniform as a 200-day reward. And your tactical bridge officers on the Fed side can use the Odyssey uniform.
3: So pictures of the new Odyssey uniform have uh, leaked or have been posted at and I'm still not impressed <laughs> I spent dilithium and I wish I hadn't
5: <laughs> well I like
0: them the second big news in Tribble today is that the dilithium prices were dropped lithium price of mark 11 components has been reduced from 5,000 down to 1,000 and mark 11 components from 15,000 down to 5,000 still not final prices they're still doing ongoing economy work but they're closer to the final mark than the old placeholder values so we're getting there Finally, we mentioned the Aegis R&D Officer for existing craftspeople, but there are also going to be two titles given to anyone who did the old craft system. Dabbler, if you've done it at all, and Genius for having reached 1,500 or higher general research skill. So another nice little nod. I like it. So in honor of Cookie's one-year anniversary not only playing STO, but playing an MMO of any kind because this is her first MMORPG, We wanted to have her be our interview guest and talk a little bit about the experience of playing STO for the first time versus now. So Cookie, what did you find the hardest to learn starting out in Star Trek Online?
5: Well, definitely the technical aspects of combat and I still don't fully understand a lot of it. I've never been good with numbers, but numbers are very important in this game and the way it's set up, there's a lot of stacking bonuses and percentages and the lingo that is used. I didn't know what any of it meant. So it was and still is intimidating, but my friend and fleetmate Ryan helped me with my build, and if it wasn't for him, I'd probably still be using the wrong type of weapon with the wrong type of tactical console and the wrong traits and doffs, and I still have the wrong skills maxed out. I need to respect my skills completely.
0: Yeah, I can't argue with the skills part. I have always gotten help from somebody more knowledgeable, until very recently, with skills, because I just found it very opaque.
5: Someday Uh, I'll understand it.
0: I I really (laughs) hope that the I really hope that a skill revamp does come down the pipeline like they've talked about with us a couple times because it could use an overhaul.
5: That would be wonderful because right now I still don't understand it.
0: So what's changed the most for you?
5: Well, I'm not as scared as I was to play with strangers. I mean, don't get me wrong, I still am when I'm in an undeveloped character, but when I first started, I joined a few Star Trek online groups on Facebook and I still had the zone chat on. Well, back then I didn't know how to turn it off, or that I could turn it off. And I would read complaint after complaint about new people who didn't know how to play the game, or people that had low DPS, which perfectly described me at the time, messing up a PvE. And I didn't want to be causing people frustration, so I just didn't do PvEs for the longest time. And when I did do it because I had to for the reputation projects, I was scared and apologetic and I didn't want to upset anyone. And I tried not only to do it, I tried to do it only with people I knew, which wasn't always possible. And there wasn't really a way to practice the PVEs alone, which is what I would have wanted to do first. So I tried to read up on it and ask around about it as much as possible before I went into a PVE. But, you know, there's only so much you can do other than experiencing it for yourself, so... I still have never attempted the no-win scenario and the only way I ever would is if I was in a team with people who knew me and are okay if I mess it up and won't yell at me. But in general, I'm not as afraid of that anymore except for when the mirror event was going on. (laughs) That was a perfect storm for a pug nightmare. I hated that event.
0: Hated. Your problems with the mirror event were legendary among one and all. I think even our listeners were scarred by your experiences. So, if you could give advice to last year's cookie, knowing what you know now, what would you tell her?
5: Do not touch your skills. I know it's very tempting, but don't do it. Wait until you know more about the game and know what kind of build you want. There's so much you have to learn before you should be touching that. I know the game keeps telling you to do it right from the start but don't do it. Also, you can personalize your tray table by pressing P and dragging and dropping the stuff into the little squares. There's so many, so many stupid little things that I didn't know. And I and went months and months doing it the hard way because I just didn't know. And if I listed them all, it would just be too long. But keep in mind, everyone, it was my first MMO ever, so I didn't even know how to walk and turn at the same time when I first started.
3: And Captains, we hope that this will be an introduction to a new segment of sorts uh, that will meld into Star Trek Online news about Cookie's experience learning Star Trek Online and just MMOs in general. Almost a if-she-knew-then-what-she-knew-now type of experience for incoming players uh, that might be interested in learning and have uh, that same experience that cookie has had in this first year so be sure to stay tuned for that and we hope to uh, have more of that in the coming weeks well captains that wraps up star trek online news for this week now let's get an update on star trek horizon with creator tommy Kraft. Captains, in this week's Community Spotlight, we're joined again by Tommy Kraft, creator of the independent film project Star Trek Horizon. Tommy, thank you for joining us again here on Priority One Podcast. Hey, thank you for having
2: me. I love being here.
3: So uh, welcome back to the show. Now, uh, let's start by giving our listeners uh, just a quick review of Star Trek Horizon and just a brief plot summary of the project.
2: Uh, Star Trek Horizon is an enterprise-based Star Trek movie, obviously, set um, just about a year before the founding of the Federation, and it details the Romulan War.
3: Now, how has production been going?
2: You just recently posted a uh, video blog. How has it been? It's been really good. It's just, you know, kicking along as usual. We just finished our Kickstarter campaign about a month ago, and that was really successful. We did 226% of our $10,000 goal and round up with about 20,000 in the end, give or take. Since then, just been kicking away doing compositing, rendering CG backgrounds, stuff like that. I've just about finished my first Romulan uniform which I'll be posting pictures of soon and I think people will be really excited to see because the fabric for that is incredibly rare and it was donated to the movie and finished the Admiral's jacket and we'll be doing a nice big shoot on the 20th of July where we'll hope to wrap Admiral Gardner and Ensign Marie Sutherland and so the movie is kicking along well and hopefully just a couple of days of shooting left and then it's just post-production all the way.
3: With having exceeded your crowdfunding campaign, uh, what can you tell us about, you know how will that enhance the project?
2: Well, obviously there's a lot of things that we'll be able to do that we weren't able to do before. So for instance, one thing that was in the video blog was this whole detail of a Romulan disruptor prop and that has been made possible by 3D printing which uh, you know, I wouldn't have had the money to fund before that. And so I can now 3D print all these props that uh, I wouldn't have been able to have before to, because you have to hire someone to manufacture them. And the cool thing is, is it's not limited just to props like guns. One of the things that I'm going to be doing is 3D printing some pieces for the main villain's uniform and then casting them in metal, actually, and you know, things like brooches and stuff like that. Um, and it'll add a lot that you wouldn't have. And of course, the cost of the metal and the latex rubber to do the molding is stuff that gets built into that Kickstarter money that we got that I wouldn't have been able to do before so it's lots of cool stuff it's little details like that as well as big things like upgrading the computer storage not just storage but the computer systems themselves that I'm working with so I can do higher quality effects in a faster amount of time
3: now you mentioned the uniforms that's all you right you're sewing that yourself no you're not hiring anybody to do that correct
2: Oh yeah. Um, it's I've done all the starfleet uniforms and doing the romulan uniforms and admiral jackets and all that and it, there's a slight benefit in that and it, it saves a lot of money not having to pay you know a uh, a tailor to do it and it's certainly been a learning experience as well you were recently
3: involved with the prelude to action R teaser trailer that was released right can you tell us about your involvement
2: sure um and i'm working on the actual full film too and basically what i'm doing for them is compositing and cg backgrounds because it was shot on green screen being a documentary style film it's shot in you know they're shot like interviews on a green screen and so i'm putting together all the backgrounds that will go in place of the green screen and i'm doing the compositing for that as well both in the teaser that you saw and in the final film
3: Awesome. That film, you know, came out very well, so it's, it's de- certainly a testament to your talent and, and something that people should look forward to seeing in Star Trek Horizon.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and it's especially good to hear because it's very daunting when you have footage of Tony Todd and you're compositing Tony freaking Todd or Gary freaking Graham and so on and so forth, and it's, it's good to know that, you know, it came out well and, and that that bodes well for Horizon. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So what's
3: next on the schedule for Horizon? You, you, you've, uh, you mentioned that you've gotten your hands on the 3D printing, and so you're able to make some props. What can followers of the project expect in the coming weeks?
2: We have a big shoot coming up on the 20th, and there will be a lot coming out from that, screenshots and, and video and stuff like that. And I'm hoping to, in the next month or two, be able to put together another trailer and also we have a couple of horizon based short films that we're working on and not quite ready to announce what those are yet but those will be coming to light very soon I'll be releasing information on those and I think people will be pretty excited about what we've got in store for those as well
3: that's awesome that's very exciting so, Tommy, have you had any opportunity of uh, attending any conventions to promote Star Trek Horizon in any way?
2: Uh, I haven't, actually. Um, I've never been to a convention, but I would like to. And speaking of which, I will be at the Axenar premiere in San Diego on the 26th. And if I have time, I, uh, I'll probably hit up the San Diego Con as well. Um But I don't know if I'll have time because Ryan Husk, who is a producer on Axenar and he's been a part of other projects such as Renegades and Continues, is playing one of our Romulan bad guys. And so it just happened to work out that I'll be out there for the Axenar premiere and also I'll be getting all of his scenes while I'm out there too for Horizon. But hopefully I can hit up the con while I'm there. If not, well, at least we got some good stuff done for Horizon.
3: Awesome, awesome. Well, hopefully, fans will be able to see you at the conventions, and maybe not this year, but maybe next year we can start seeing a Horizon table booth there.
2: That would be awesome. I would love to do that. You know, it's just a matter of, of time and funds to to be able to get out to the conventions because I live in Michigan, so it's uh, it's not they're not often, you know, right at my at my doorstep. Uh, Michigan, you should
3: be able to take one of those little jumpers over to Star Trek Las Vegas
2: yeah, I would love to because then I could meet Scott Bakula and be like hey, you want to be in my movie?
3: (laughs) again everyone, we encourage you to visit StarTrekHorizon.com to stay up to date on progress of the project and Tommy, as always, we thank you for coming by to Priority One and offering an update, we're looking forward to
2: the project hey, no problem, thank you for having me and uh, I look forward to coming on again
5: message coming in, sir
2: Hailing frequencies.
0: Open. See? We are getting to know each other.
3: And, Captains, to remind you what our community question was for episode 180, if Netflix were to create a Star Trek series, what story would you like to see told?
0: Eldarian posted on PriorityOnePodcast.com, I would love to see a non-Federation show, or at least a non-Federation-centric show, possibly one about a new colony. However, I would love to see a continuation of the timeline into the 25th century beyond STO.
5: Moonheaven writes via PriorityOnePodcast.com, For a Netflix series, I would love to see a story starring the Aventine and her crew. A Destiny series. I think that would be the best, and it advances the story forward in the Prime Universe again.
3: That, yeah, that's a pretty good series, that you know that uh, I, I, Unfortunately, I never got the opportunity to read the book series. I started it, but I just couldn't finish it. But from what I'm told, the storyline is, is pretty epic. I don't know that I would want Esri Dax as the captain of the Aventine, though.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I personally prefer the Titan from the novels. I really enjoy the Titan books, but
3: uh... Ezri left a... I just didn't like Esri when that happened in Deep Space Nine. I was not yeah. a fan of it. So.
5: I know what you mean. I was kind of like, mm, but it's still Dax. She's still Dax.
3: It's, yeah, but it's not, though. It's, it might be Dax, I but, know, it's not, but it's not Jadzia. But I do know
5: what you mean. I, I know you can't top a Jadzia.
3: If it was Jadzia, I probably wouldn't have a problem with
1: it. So the, the problem you have with Ezri is that it's not uh,
3: Terry Farrell, right? No, like, I have like a the, problem that it's not Jadzia. And yes, Terry Farrell. But I have a problem that it's not Jedzia. Had, had Jedzia
1: not existed, and Ezri been a part of the show from no, you the can't pilot. do that.
3: You can't do that. That's like saying had it not been uh, Patrick Sir Patrick Stewart, and had it been the the female British lady that they oh no I'm sorry it wasn't uh, it wasn't the next generation it was uh, Voyager yeah, that was in Voyager that was in Voyager if it hadn't been Kate Mulgrew and had it been the that British lady. Whoever it was that they were originally thinking about. You no, know, no, you no. St- that's
1: that's different because that person wasn't on the show. But Esri was actually on the show for an entire season. Right, and she was terrible.
3: So, she was a terrible actress. Number one, and number two, the whole Esri story sucked. It sucked. Now the story you can blame on the writers. That's no, not necessarily The story awful. I can blame on Terry Farrell because she decided to leave. But that's a whole and different story. That's a whole different story. <sighs> But what was that show
5: she left for? Again? What
3: I'm saying Becker. is, what I'm saying, Becker, though, Becker, yeah. I mean, what? what I'm saying though <laughs> is that in terms of Star Trek lore, here's the thing. Here's the other thing is that Ezri was there for the seventh season, right? She wasn't there for season six. It was the last season, right? Yeah, the last. Right. So season you seven. have six years of Jadzia Dax. Six years. And on the last year, you're going to be like, all right, well, we're going to kill her, and we're going to bring back Ezri. I would have rather them just killed Dax entirely. Yeah. I would have rather they have just killed Jadzia and Dax, the symbiote, just entirely. I would have preferred that instead of having introduced some dainty little Ezri. And then she's going to captain the Aventine, the God And shit? she went for Bashir after that, That's too, didn't horse she? That's the crap.
0: Well, on a more practical note, I think that Ezri wouldn't, command the viewers in a new series i think they would just be better off starting fresh i think the aventine is a really cool concept they could do another one of the vesta class even um in the wake of the events of destiny or maybe if we advance the timeline it could have like a cameo by her passing the the aventine on to a new generation or something like that
3: the actress herself would not be able to command well, respect or command. She just can't. There's just no way. I, yeah, I like that. Let's look to the future. Like uh, Aldarion wrote, you know, something maybe non-Federation or maybe just something on the outskirts of the Federation. Yeah, I, I think that it would be nice to see boots on the ground instead of everything being in space. Let it be like so: a little bit of both.
5: Mm-mm. Yes
3: adam LeJune commented via priority one podcast.com if netflix were to create a star trek series i would love it to be about the earth romulan conflict as described in the balance of terror the combatants would use primitive atomic weapons and fly in primitive space vessels which allowed no quarter no captives excerpt from the transcript for the balance of terror
0: i think romulan war would be great um I wish Enterprise had lasted long enough to do Romulan War. That's really what I think a lot of people were hoping to see.
3: The problem with that is that according to lore, the Romulans didn't have warp technology. They were still on impulse, which is really weird.
0: Yeah, I haven't read those books. There's some very highly recommended novels about the Romulan War that are sequels to Enterprise, but uh, I don't know how they explain all that logistically. So Dan Koheiser commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com, If Netflix did Star Trek, I would like them to get back to how the original series was. One ship, traveling around, exploring new worlds, and responding to distress calls. I would like to see that format return, but set in the time after Voyager's return, possibly exploring further through the Bajoran wormhole so that they can make whole new races and not step on any previous races. I could see something like that. I like the frontier feeling of TOS when I was rewatching some episodes. They talk a lot about exploration in TNG, but there's a lot of episodes where they're like ferrying admirals around and going to like home worlds of known races and stuff like that. Which, I mean, I, I love TNG, but I realized rewatching it that they're not really out on the frontier in the same way. Yeah,
5: as long as they don't redo the original series again. And- uh,
0: what about Enterprise?
1: See, see, the thing, a lot of people you know, didn't like Enterprise for one reason or another. I actually, I, I just it. finished rewatching it, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it more the second time through. But th- that really was frontier-like. Like, they only returned mm-hmm. home once or twice.
0: And that was mostly season three during that whole huge Zindi story arc. I like what I've seen of Enterprise, but I have not seen all of it yet.
5: Yeah, the only thing I did not like was the ending. The end the way they ended it. The
0: reason they did that is at the time they were not
1: sure whether they were going to be coming back for a fifth season or not. Because there Because there was all this talk about cancellation and they were canceled and then there was a, a fan revolution like they were going to fan, uh, fan fund it but this is long before Kickstarter existed so I think if Kickstarter mm-hmm. were around then it would have mm-hmm. worked. But uh, So they weren't sure so they had to write an ending or to the Indiegogo. story. Or IndieGoGo, uh, <laughs> they nice. they had to write an ending of the story without actually ending the the possibility of more episodes. So I thought that was really clever the way they handled it.
5: Well, there was a certain aspect I didn't like, but I'm not going to say because spoilers and not everybody's seen it.
0: <laughs> spoilers from 2000, pop. from t- I know. <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah.
3: <laughs> All right, and on PriorityOnePodcast.com, Admiral Tuvix of the Priority One Fleet and Sano Skyrat both brought out a good point that Stargate SG1 launched on Showtime first which was then later picked up on the Sci-Fi network I didn't know that I didn't know Showtime had done SG1 Oh
0: I forgot that yeah, yeah that's right
3: I tried watching Stargate SG1 I tried I started it and it kind of it just it didn't grab me like I've never said mm, I want to go back and finish watching that
5: I want to try it right now I'm watching Defiance so
3: That's one maybe I can't I either that, that or yeah, Fallen Skies I like it.
0: I'm sorry, Stargate without Kurt Russell, there's just no point. The original movie is the only Stargate. Kurt Russell? Was it Kurt Russell? Yeah, he was in the movie. And Jace, what sci-fi series are you watching currently? Uh, Well, you know, I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls 2 since the Steam sale. <laughs>
5: Jace.
0: So on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode, Gray Fox James writes, First of all, I just want to say that I love Priority One Podcast. It's by far the best STO podcast around. I listen to it every Monday on my way to work, and it makes the commute that much more bearable. I'm from New Jersey, so
2: woot, 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 woot.
0: Oh. Jersey boy. Personally, however, I would love to see a show about cadets making it through Starfleet and getting their first assignments on small, run-down ships. Being able to see more glimpses of life aboard a ship, but not so much from the perspective of a bridge all the time. This kind of reminds me of the TNG episode "Lower Decks." Yeah, yeah. He's talking about. Mm-hmm. The Enterprise just felt so powerful all the time, and while it was in danger every now and then, it was just at times so superior to everything. I want to see a show with an old rundown ship heading to the front lines because it's just needed, and seeing the drama of the human condition in space.
5: I love this perspective, I, especially about the cadets. I, you, you hear about it, and sometimes you see it, but they don't really focus a lot on what goes on with cadets, and I would like to get it from their perspective. I think that's a great idea.
0: Yeah, maybe it could be a ship that's, like, about to be decommissioned and made into a museum ship, but then there's a devastating attack, and they have to take it into battle.
3: (laughs) Well played. Well played. Well played, man.
0: There you go. That's just for you guys.
3: Well Well done. You have been watching.
5: Yeah. This is a Battlestar Galactica, by the way. Who doesn't understand what he was talking about.
0: Yeah, Jim Rotsky <laughs> just mentioned it, too, so that was good timing.
5: Hall 85 commented on the Star Trek online forum post for this episode, For me, I believe that the next Star Trek series should be serialized, not episodic. There's no reason it needs to be a series of one-and-done stories that forget what happened to the episode before it, especially if it's on Netflix. Even in series as recent as Voyager, you have those oddball episodes that do little to progress the main story arc or character development. This, in my opinion, is the kind of storytelling that needs to move on with the Berman era of Trek.
3: Okay, first of all, okay, are you. Is he suggesting like a Sherlock s- type of series where it's like three episodes and then four years before the next one.
0: He's talking about how like the later seasons of DS9 had a whole storyline that continued on. It wasn't like this week we go to this random planet that you've never heard of before and may never hear of again. So, okay. All right. Or like a Voyager where, oh, the ship has just gone through hell, but at the end we go back in time and it never happened.
5: It's just like how Seinfeld is. Like you could pick up on any episode and you'll understand it and you won't get lost. Whereas if you watch a soap opera.
0: Like
3: Battlestar Galactica. You can't just pick up
5: and watch and know what's going on. You have to have watched the episodes before and after to understand.
3: Okay. Serialized. I get it. Taco Fangs writes on the Star Trek online forum post for this episode, I want a show that follows Booth be around. Every week, there would be new weeds to pull, new plants to fertilize, new cadets to yell at. It'd be great.
5: Does he really sound like that when he talks?
1: In honor of the World Cup, I'd like to say Troll!
0: <laughs> so, Lord Ice June writes via PriorityOnePodcast.com, If Netflix acquires Star Trek and makes a series, I would not at all mind them working with the existing post-Nemesis book series. The books may kill off too many characters as a matter of course, but the insights into most of the Typhon Pact cultures and the fall of Ishan and Anjar would be brilliant to see. He also mentions his biggest issues with crafting. One, the lithium costs are absurdly high. Which? Fortunate. Hour of error, Fortunately that got dropped a lot, yeah. Two, random gambles. Three, no mod customization, which I think is coming, didn't isn't that? Yeah, I think that's Didn't we confirm about? that was coming? Four, XP gain is incredibly slow. Five, the delithium finish now buttons. I don't see how it takes an hour to assemble a beam array yet I can finish now and have done with it. And six, additional arbitrary monetization with school specialists, crafting accelerators, and the dilithium cost to run the DOF project. I feel like I'm really being milked for money, and I don't like that. Combine this with higher dilithium store costs for space weapons, and it starts to seem really monetized. I definitely get where you're coming from. Uh, I think it's a little early to judge, but it's good that we have that feedback for them right now. Uh, Fortunately, the dilithium costs have dropped by 80% already and hopefully some of these other issues will be addressed. I'm cautiously optimistic, but good points.
5: Bazag commented via PriorityOnePodcast.com. Hey, guys. Thanks for your hard work, and I hope to see all of you at Vegas. I do, however, have something to say regarding Bob Orsi directing. One of the things that I didn't think you picked up enough on was his statement about that he had a lot of contacts that he could call on for help. As a writer, producer, he has developed these contacts and in, in the interview he has explicitly stated he will make use of these contacts to help him. This specifically addresses the concerns about having assistance while actually doing the job. I also agree with Bazag. When I listened to the show, I thought, oh that's great and then you guys were like boop I was like, What? <laughs> that's a good thing. I thought it was a good thing that he was humble about it. And that he was thinking, I'm going to ask people for help. I'm not just going to try
3: to do it on okay, my own. Okay, but there's a difference between asking for help. Okay, okay, so again, I go back to my analogy of watching my dad build cars. So I'm, I, I've been watching my dad build cars for 15 years. 17, 18, 19 years. And I decide on a Friday morning, 4th of July weekend... I'm gonna build a car.
0: I'm gonna build a Ferrari, and if I have any trouble, I'll just call my dad.
5: That is so not it's the same.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna build a Ferrari, and if I come into any hiccups, let me just call. Let me just Skype my dad. Did anybody ever? Does anybody watch Modern Family? When when uh, when he breaks the model airplane and the model shuttle, he calls his dad on Skype and tries to rebuild the shuttle that he broke. That's what this is. That's what this is. That's
0: exactly <laughs> what this Making
5: is. Making cars is not a creative process that you can create whatever. You
0: know, I you enough. have to JJ, JJ, they're, a very they're all rebelling. Thing. They're yelling at me. Chris Pine called me a jerk. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't no. No. There's a difference <laughs> I, I'm between I'm not
5: saying that this guy's the perfect guy for the job. I'm just saying I was glad to hear that. And but, I think it was a positive step.
3: That's okay. Okay, but this isn't this isn't the 12 step. AA, okay this is the 50th anniversary of Star Trek and a nope a, a, I agree with you somebody there. that's never Definitely. ever I'm directed, positive. not even a not even a snickers commercial all right not even an M&;m's commercial <laughs> is going to how do you know is going because it's it's go to IMDB <laughs> is going to be taking the helm. Star Trek, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. As an actor, I have a problem with that. As, you know, okay, first of all, no, I may not have been on Broadway, but, listen, I've worked with some great directors. If I were to find out that some no-name director was about to direct me in a big-budget film, I'd probably be like, can somebody just supervise him?
5: And he's saying, yes, I will be supervised.
3: No. So no, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. He's saying he's... He... gonna
5: supervise... He's gonna...
3: No, no, no. He, he is going to consult... He's going to consult, like, hey, I couldn't get Chris Pine to say this word right. What do you think? (laughs) How do you think I can get him to say, like, no, 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 no. He's not going to have anybody on. JJ's not going to come onto the set. Nobody's going to come onto the set. He's going to phone a friend is what he's going to do.
5: We'll just wait and see. I'm, I'm just gonna wait and see what happens.
3: Sorry. I, I would like to point
1: out the incredibly uh, unlikely scenario that this could end up being the best Star Trek film
3: ever created. All right. Just because you said it doesn't mean that it's gonna happen. All right.
0: We'll have to. Well, we'll do a best of clips of Elijah's rants about the Bob Orsi debacle.
3: Here's what's gonna happen. Yeah, he's gonna be a best of clip, and it's just gonna be it's just gonna be Skiffy saying, "I just want to say this is probably gonna be the best film ever." And then Skiffy's gonna be like, I told you so.
0: Thomas Maroon, aka at Thomas the Cat, tweeted us, Okay, now I definitely need to go on to STO priority one to tell Elijah why Odyssey uniforms are the best uniforms in Star Trek Online.
3: Sir, the invitation is open. You are more than welcome to join because I am not a fan of the Odyssey uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Hurt reached out to us via email at incoming at priority one podcast for actually episode 179. And he writes, After checking out the new crafting updates on Tribble and listening to Al's discussion this week, I had a thought about one change that would make the system feel more personalized to your character and would make Elijah happy as well. I should think that your captain's profession ought to affect your crafting proficiencies in a way that is appropriate to his training and background. For instance, each profession... ...could gain a 20% boost to experience in two of the seven schools. This would give a meaningful advantage of having different alts adopt different schools of specialization... ...and would make the entire system feel more integrated to your character choice. After all, wouldn't you think a scientist ought to be able to advance more quickly in, say, the science and shields discipline than a tactical officer? Cheers, Robert. That's a good point. I like that idea. That'd
0: be kind of cool. So,
3: you're a science officer. You get better XP from science consoles and shields. And if I'm a tactical officer, I get a, a bonus on XP for weapons and beams. Yay?
0: Nay? Well, Like I said, I think it's a good idea. I'm down with it.
3: All right, Captains. Each week, our social media channels are busy with your thoughts, your opinions, and suggestions for the show. So, please keep them coming. You can reach out to us on Facebook.com forward slash podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at One. Or you can shoot us an email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com.
5: Well, that wraps up episode 181 of Priority One Podcast, recorded live on Trek Radio starting at around 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. And you can subscribe by pointing your podcast catcher at beads.priorityonepodcast.com.
3: Captains, you know we love hearing from you. So let us know what you think of the show, and submit your responses to our community question in the comments section on our site or on the Star Trek Online forum post for this episode. Remember, this week's community question is, do you feel like Azurian star might be right in that Star Trek Online is lacking variety, especially when they're about to remove something like the exploration clusters? Let us know in the comments section for this episode, or by replying to our post of this episode on the official Star Trek Online forums.
0: Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following our social media websites. Head over to Facebook.com Priority One Podcast and give us a like. Or check us out on Twitter via STOPriority One. You can even join the Priority One Podcast chat in game. Just type forward slash channel underscore join space Priority One.
5: Captains, we want to thank you for your ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. We've still got time before our Indiegogo campaign is up, so get yourself a rare piece of Star Trek history with some ultra-rare Star Trek online swag. Visit PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash campaign to find out how you can contribute and earn those amazing rewards
3: a very special thanks to everyone who has already contributed and continues to do so on a recurring basis without your ongoing support captains we would not be able to bring you the content you've grown to enjoy from priority one podcast every monday
0: and don't forget to tune in to priority one productions guard frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com. it's a pretty good show You should check it out.
5: The Priority One fleet is recruiting. If you're interested in joining, just shoot us an email with your ad handle, and we'll be sure to send you an invite. The email is incoming at Podcast.com.
3: A very special thanks to Tommy Kraft, the creator of Star Trek Horizon. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including Ben Churchill, this week's audio engineer, and QA support staffer Midnight Shadow 7. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Epic Gamer Radio, Subspace Radio, and of course, Trek Radio. Thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com, and new partner, Cosplay Sky. Let's get a platoon of Star Trek online officers together at the convention and represent. Don't forget, captains, use promo code P, the number one P-O-D, at checkout to save 10%. That's P1Pod. For more information... Just visit PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash cosplay sky. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek Online community, our listeners. Without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible.
0: Red Alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage.
5: poster so bad Do you think if nobody else wants it i can have it after this thing is done come on but i, re- I really want that poster i would very much like to see
3: everyone at vegas can you can you deliver that that i would very much like to see not so much as if it, if it was red but with i some... would like I to
0: would see everyone at vegas much. you will be assimilated <laughs> Your okay. conventional logical distinctiveness will be added to our own.
5: <laughs> I would very much like to see everyone at Vegas.
0: There oh. you go. We got there it. You go. it. There we, there we got it. Cut. What? Prant, go.
3: <laughs> now with over 85,000 followers. Now with over 85,000 followers and. Con- qu- and qu- oh, cheesy, crazy. Four times. With over 80. 80- <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs>
5: Well, that wraps up episode one eighty one of Priority One podcast, recorded live on Truck Radio, starting at around ten thirty p.m. Eastern Time, seven thirty. Sound do-
3: so disheartened. What? Well, that wraps up episode one hundred and eighty one of Priority
5: One <laughs> podcast. I did one
0: not podcast. sound like that. Yeah, you did. No, it'll be in You're a new model Cylon. I didn't you sign. can emulate emotions. You're not the robot yes. version.
5: <clears throat> well that wraps up episode 181 of priority one podcast recorded live on Trek radio starting at around 10 30 p.m eastern time 7 30 p.m pacific time so that was like a
3: 10 <gasps> and before was like a three now i need you maybe around a six or seven
5: Well, that wraps up episode 181 of Priority One Podcast, recorded live on Trek Radio, starting at around ten. Why are you speed reading it? <laughs> I just want to get it over with. It's so hard. <sighs> okay.
0: We believe in you. You can do this.
5: And you can subscribe by pointing your podcast cut. Crap! <laughs> <laughs> You know, you say that the same way every time and I lip sync it with you because you say, in game.
0: (laughs) Children, you can join us at the podcast in game and make sure to replicate yourself a Salisbury steak for lunch.
5: (laughs) It's like coming along to my favorite song. So get yourself a rare piece of Star Trek history with some ultra rare Star Trek online, online swag.
0: Ultra rare, <laughs> folks. That means you have to crit in the new crafting system to get an item of this quality.
5: It's pink. <laughs> so get yourself a rare piece of Star Trek. Okay. So get yourself a rare piece Ye- of... S- <laughs> what? <gasps> get yourself. So get yourself a rare place, Star John, Berth, along Jones. <laughs> okay, so get your... Okay. <clears throat> Why does it say come?
0: What is up with that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know.
3: (laughs) Not that. No God. Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including our audio engineer Skiffy and the audio editor for the. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks to the entire team behind Priority One Podcast, including our audio engineer Skiffy, who is currently on sabbatical, editing. Guard Frequency. I can't. I got to write something down. Boo to Skiffy for editing <laughs> Guard Frequency this week. Yeah. Boo. No, no. That's not what I want to say. I don't want to say boo. Uh, I want to say boo uh, Boo to the trader for leaving us behind and editing Guard Frequency this week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. David's not still here. What's that called? The right of discommendation? We all... Have to cross our arms over our chest and turn away oh, from Skiffy. Oh
3: yeah, 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 yeah.
5: Oh yeah, hold on, I'm in game. I can look it up on my emote list. Sean, <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Oh, man. Okay. We're in
1: in five, four, three, two,
5: one. Ow, my eye.
0: Yeah, that always and stings.
3: That will always sting. Yeah. Maybe not this year, but maybe next year we can start seeing an X. Ex- um, oh, Jesus. So, all right. I, uh, man, really? One per ship? Ah why? why? Why, cryptic?
1: Wait, uh, can Today, I stop you there for a second, Chase? Yes. Can you start that over and sound a little happier because we're celebrating? I know. <laughs> I'm trying to
0: be dignified here. Know, you sounded right? like you were at a funeral.
5: Can you sound as bubbly as you possibly can? Oh just my god, it's like
0: totally Cookie's one year anniversary playing Star Trek Online. Guys, yes! listen.
5: That's exactly how I want you to stay. Oh my god.
0: Oh, well, I just did, so there you go.
3: <laughs> Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Quick.
0: Quiz watched.
3: Have you guys seen it? Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't
5: want to do spoilers yeah, I love you guys it. just spoiler. have to watch it just absolute have to watch spoiler
3: it. alert absolute spoiler alert go ahead what, what was your favorite part of it they can they can when pause they put the... and, uh...
5: i don't think i can even say it
3: go just say it
5: when they put the on the moon
4: <laughs> no,
5: you, you are definitely going to cut that out right uh, maybe just yeah <laughs>
0: And remember, dunno, dunno. you heard it here, captains, straight from Cookie's mouth. Don't touch <laughs> oh, it until you know what you're doing with it. I was really, mm-hmm. yeah. Because
5: it costs money. <laughs> oh, jeez, come on. <laughs> I did not,
0: that was okay. A, that was a perfect follow-up, Cookie.
5: I was going to say. <laughs>